This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. This is Sarah. This is Jenna. We're from Name Three Songs, and today we're getting candid with John Roberts. He's widely recognized as a multi-talented voice behind Linda Belcher on the Emmy Award-winning Bob's Burgers. He got his start on early-era YouTube posting comedic skits, and John's recent music release this year saw him return to pop with his single Danger with a moody mid-tempos 80s throwback. So we're getting candid with John Roberts about finding his voice as a singer after a career in voice acting, what it meant to him finding a community online through YouTube and the evolving social media landscape, and the impact being an artist has on one's mental health. So let's go chat with John. Hi, John. Welcome to the show today. Hi, thanks for having me. So you have a recent single, Nothing for Something. And to celebrate this, you had a billboard in Times Square. What was that feeling like for you? Oh, uh, well, it was pretty surreal. And uh, it was on my birthday. So they kind of Aww. put it that way, which was very sweet. You know, a nice little birthday gift from guys I'm working with. And yeah. uh, it, it's a trip. It, it's wild to see your music promoted in Times Square. It's so um, iconic and you know it was very sweet you know and um, I, I love just the idea of people that probably wouldn't be exposed to my music seeing you know probably like tourists and stuff yeah yeah <laughs> and so this music that you've been putting out is very like 80s synth pop inspired yeah so what has drawn you to that style of music oh just probably being an older person <laughs> and uh, you know like the 80s is such a great decade for music and I love a chorus and a hook and there's so many, I mean, when you think about going to karaoke, all the songs we sing, the ones that really stick out are the ones with melodies and mm-hmm. verse, chorus and, and things like that. And I work with Junior Sanchez, he's around my age and we really bond in that sense of like, um, yeah, good 80s new wave or pop song. There's something dramatic and fun about it too. Um, It takes itself a little seriously and music should have some drama. It should take you to a dramatic kind of place like theater. I I like that element plus synthesizers and, you know, that kind of stuff. Yeah, I feel like I definitely agree. 80s definitely transports you to a time and place so you can kind of step into a new character, if you will. Right. Yeah, it's dramatic. It's yeah, it's it's a good fit for me because I love you know, theater and all that yeah. kind of stuff. Do you have a go-to karaoke song? It's weird. I'm very, I'm not great at karaoke. There's people that are awesome at karaoke. And you're like, <laughs> I feel like that's surprising. <laughs> like you're a singer and then I'll probably like whip it. Devo is a good one yeah, for me. Yeah, nice. How about you? Do you guys have a <laughs> I don't know. I feel like I've always been too embarrassed to do karaoke. I always do something like pop punk or like One Direction. So it's like some 41 <laughs> or like some One Direction. Yeah, it's about feeling the power, you know, and yeah, it's good to go with friends, like a small group of friends and, you know, people you feel comfortable with. There's always somebody that's like a really good singer that's intimidating. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> we, we all have that one friend who's like, yes. I'm here to be a superstar. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, they are. It's like, quit your job. You're awesome at this. Just do it. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And so you 
are mainly known for voicing Linda Belcher on Bob's Burgers. And since you're so widely known for using your voice in like a comedic acting way, do you ever struggle to find the right way to use your voice when it comes to creating your own music? Well, I don't struggle as much as I'm aware that people are probably like, hey, you do this. What the hell are you doing now? Like, you know, it's confusing people. But at the same time, voiceover is such a under the radar, behind the scenes kind of thing where... I'm pretty much, you know, still under the radar in a lot of ways. So it's a good way to, it's a good fit in terms of studio and being comfortable creating stuff inside a studio and and sound and music. And, you know, it's all kind of related to the same thing, but I'm sure there's fans of my music that maybe aren't fans of Bob's and, you know, vice versa. Yeah, Yeah, yeah. I mean, being a voice actor, do you ever feel like Linda starts creeping into your music or maybe your life? Well, I try to keep her out of my music because, you know, it's Linda's so specific yeah, and yeah, yeah. my music is such an expression of me as a person and, you know, so much more attached to my identity. And Linda is an imitation of my mom, yeah. you know, and that those two are <laughs> separated. And Bob's is such an incredible show with the great writers. And there's so many elements of the writers that come in and create Linda. So those are separate. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, it's, it's, um, it's all, it's all good. <laughs> Anything you find that people like that you're doing or things that you're doing that you spend your day creating and you're engaged in something that you love is always a win. I yeah. Think, in any. So I'm, I'm blessed in that way to have things that I'm engaged in and that uh, hopefully other people enjoy. And it's not just me enjoying <laughs> myself. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Well, I mean, you're mainly known like for doing comedy. So what was it that made you want to start making music instead of just like focusing solely on your own comedy stuff? Well, weirdly, I've always done music and comedy is the kind of thing that took off. But you live in the East Village, okay. New York City, you know, for a long time and you dabble in a lot of different things and you know, I always found found music and comedy be kind of equal for me, mm-hmm. but successfully, you know, Bob's took off and, you know, that became obviously the best thing, you know, that ever happened. But at the same time, creatively, you're, you're you know, still in the same place and, you know, music is always great for me. So it's, it's all kind of feeds into itself. Like you want to stay happy and have fun with what you're doing. So the more you take off a little time from one thing and you yeah. go back to it, it always seems fresh and and you're not, you know, bitter or feeling weird about it. You know? Yeah. No, I like how you talk about how it sounds like there's kind of some synergy here. And I think for a lot of people who are creative, we have like our different outlets of like being able to come back to something and like feeling refreshed or even, you know, feeling refreshed in one thing and that kind of like inspiring then your other craft. Yeah. And it's all kind of connected and you know i think younger generations are more you know used to this kind of thing and social media has opened it up and you know you could see a bigger spectrum of people through their social media yeah. and things like that so it's seemingly more normal you know and it is it's like people creative people are creative it's all feeds into itself and i think at the end of the day it's the work you're creating is it good And is it getting better? And are people, yeah, people enjoying it? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, for you, like talking about, you know, is your work good? Is it getting better? Like, what is that process for you? Well, it's mostly working with the producers and getting in the studio and like um, sounding good, writing a good hook, a good song. What am I trying to say? Why why am I doing this? (laughs) 
like is it just for me or am I, you know, what do I want to say? You know, so that's, that's the best part of music is just sitting down and how do you want to express yourself? So it's a good form of like pure expression in that sense. And when you work with other people and you have a, like a good vibe, a good team of people, it adds so much more. And, you know, there's something so beautiful about starting out the day with nothing and writing a song and having a recording afterwards that can last, you know, forever, yeah. you know, as long as we're all here, you know, it captures this moment, whereas comedy, you know, you maybe do a live show and it's awesome. And then, you know, it's just really the people in the room that are going to remember it. But yeah. Music, yeah. you have recording and, and, uh, and hopefully a message or a vibe that, you know, makes people feel good and, and takes their minds off of all the horrible things that are happening in the world right now. You know, entertainment and joy are kind of rebellious in this way. And, you know, and, and that we need to have that. We need to have the joy and because that yeah. inspires other things. And music is good for that. Yeah. Comedy, too. No, I, I, I love the way you're talking about this because I'm seeing so many parallels that like I'd never even thought about before of doing like comedy and doing music because they're both <laughs> like outlets for a performer to like say or sing things that other people are feeling and like don't really know how to deal with. So it's quite cool that you do both and kind of can have the like comedic side of it. And then the more like emotional thought out side to it when it comes to music. And I feel like that's so awesome that you have like the ability to have those outlets like that. Thank you. Yeah, it's 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 hard to feel confident that you can do both things, but I think that the more you, you know, I'm a little older, so I've been doing it for a while and I'm like this is what I love and this is what I'm going to commit to. This is what interests me. So, I'm going to find great people to work with, people that are going to elevate what I'm doing, you know, talented good people and that's, you know, that's that's also part of the struggle is just finding good people you connect with and work with. Yeah. And then, you know, when you have something like that, you kind of, you know, it's a very special thing. So you nurture it and, and make sure, you know, that you keep, you know, if, if the other person is, you know, whatever team you're working with or whatever, you know, you're all kind of advancing and growing together. Right. That's, yeah. the best, that's the best feeling. Yeah. Having that sense of community is like definitely so important. We talk a lot about the the concept of like persona and like the idea of persona, especially for people who are performers. And so like when we think about musicians, like they often have this either, you know, kind of a amplified version of themselves or someone that they something that they consider like a persona that they're stepping into, like as a musician or when they're on stage or even just being a public figure. And, you know, in your line of work, you're quite literally playing different characters. But I'm curious if you've feel like you have some kind of persona either you know as a public figure as like john roberts the comedian the actor the singer well i guess for bobs it's like basically like my mom doing my mom and drag in a lot of ways (laughs) i'm pretty known for that but for my music stuff you know i don't have like a sasha fierce where i'm (laughs) but i'm actually just like getting into live rehearsals and things like that Mm -hmm. so that's where that kind of steps into, you know, you feel kind of a little silly and big and, you know, you have to be big in front of everyone and confident um, is one way to do it. I mean, I, I'm going in more in a technical way and try to find that other side of, you know, visual and, and captivating performance. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But in terms of like starting out, it's really about the sound and, you know, 
the harmonies and the drums and the bit, you know, like does all the sound, is it all there? Does it sound good and exciting when you come see live stuff? Yeah. So, but, um, for a performer, you know, I guess you just want to deliver a good, you know, performance of the song and sell the song in the way that you intended it to be, you know, received and, and have people, you know, um, understand what you're doing. And so, I guess try not to be too in your head, you yeah. know, and not like try to be too self-conscious would, would be the, the idea and, you know, be a little more free about it and not think of yourself um, from the outside Yeah, and more about like, how, how does this sound? Yeah. Yeah. Cause I, I know it's a visual world and everyone's got their phones up at, at shows and stuff, but I mostly, you know, want people to be like, this sounds really good. <laughs> you know and like i love this song like what's yeah, this song yeah. um because there's so many songs out there and uh i guess a live performance is another way to prove yourself and and get people hooked on what you're doing yeah so have you been practicing like live performance like for your music in the garage and in the shower <laughs> uh, mostly yeah just assembling like a drummer guitarist and backup singers and nice because there's it's it's very electronic but i'd like a live element and yeah and uh, good you know good live visuals and things like that so definitely 2024 is going to be you know um i'm still writing so much new music so yeah. i'm like this one's better than the last one, you know, this, and then slowly your set, you know, changes. And so at some point you got to commit to a set of songs and yeah. Like, okay. These are the ones I want to sing, you know? So, yeah. I mean, when you're, when you're thinking of, um, you know, we're talking about thinking of like translating this to the live setting and there's like an element of like excitement that goes along with being live. Do you feel like you approach that any differently or like you want to bring a different energy to like embody when you're performing versus like when you're recording. Yeah, because it's recording so intimate and different and live, you know, you have, you know, everyone in the room and it's a whole different thing, you know, live, live performances, you know, you got to keep people on the hook and they want to hear live stuff. They want to hear live elements of a show. They don't want right. to hear like a pre-recorded kind of thing. And I'm, you know, you just want to create a good experience for people. People are leaving their, you know, after a long day of working and, you know, they want an escape and something fun and, and make it worth their while, you know, yeah. make, make it, they, they came out for a good reason. Yeah. So when it comes to like releasing music as well, like there's a really big focus on like fan engagement and like fans getting excited about this and like connecting to an artist on kind of like this deep personal level. So are you looking forward to getting to like know your fans as like John Roberts, the musician, rather than just like a lot of them mainly knowing you for like your, either your sketch characters or like your character on Bob's Burgers. I'm appreciative of anyone that's coming out <laughs> and what I do. Yeah. So 100%, you know, my music's LGBTQ friendly, obviously, uh, and it's unique to me and my age and my experience at this age and where I'm at and, you know, like, um, Anyone that is feeling, you know, like they want to come out and have a good time and, and they're connecting to what I'm doing, I, I appreciate it very much. So, yeah, yeah, no, I, I think like the fan connection to musicians is like 
really cool and interesting and just like the energy you get off of like the crowd and back to you and like the understanding of the lyrics and all that stuff it's always so exciting to talk to artists about that and since you're kind of like I know you've been putting out music for a while but like you're focusing more on it now there must be some excitement of having that like deeper connection with these people too right yeah you're just like oh they they care about this i i've cared about this for so long and now other people care about it and then it's such a personal experience music people have it in the most intimate settings in their homes and their lives and it's such a personal connection and there there is so much music out there that you can listen so anyone that's taking the time to listen to what i'm doing you know, that's, yeah, that, that feels awesome. So as well as this, like you got your start sharing your comedy on YouTube yeah. and we've seen how social media and content sharing has like vastly shifted since YouTube came to be 18 years ago, which feels crazy that YouTube has been around that long, but also I feel like it's been around longer. So how have you coped with the changing social media landscape? Oh, uh, well, I just more thought like, okay, like I had my time with YouTube and that was but very lucky timing because you yeah. never know thing. And then it just feels like I'm happy that people have that ability to be in the middle of nowhere and create something that connects directly to an audience. Yeah. And they can that power and that draw that you could never really have before. So I'm happy that that's like a a tool for, you know, I've been beyond successful from that so yeah yeah i feel like i'm good you know i've (laughs) i've I've had success from you know beyond whatever i imagine and and uh i'm happy that people have that uh, the ability to do that because when you're in the middle of nowhere and you want to express yourself if you have talent to have that ability to just turn on a phone or a camera and create and share it with everybody is you know, it's, it's, it's still kind of new. I know it's 18 years, but yeah. Yeah. For older generations, it's, it's still new. Yeah. Well, it's, it's interesting because I mean, TikTok until this point feels very similar to how YouTube felt in the early stages of it, where every, like no one really knew what they were doing. And people were just kind of like uploading things and like seeing what happens. And like, it feels like TikTok now is at a point where like some people get it. Some people still don't. Musicians don't really know how to use TikTok, (laughs) but I'm curious, like your experience like with YouTube, like in the early era of what YouTube was, I mean, it's also just like you're saying, it's like anyone could upload anything. And so it's kind of like the wild west, especially for like comedy videos on the internet. So like, what was your experience with that? Well, I was doing stuff in the East Village in Manhattan and it was like 30 people a week, sometimes five or 10 people. Mm -hmm. And I got paid maybe like 40 bucks every week with all my wigs and, (laughs) you know, doing all these shows and, um, YouTube kind of crept in there and we're like, yeah, I got this Christmas tree thing. It was around Christmas. Let's put it out there. And, um, you know, it was wild to watch just the amount of people that were watching it. Mm-hmm. And it was exciting, obviously, because after, yeah, we were like doing it for 10 people or 30 people yeah. every week. And, you know, you're, fe- you, you know, you're feeling like, okay, this is turning into like, I've got an audience here. So yeah. Yeah, it's exciting and, and great when that it all kind of syncs up and connects, you know, that's yeah. it takes a while to get to that place, you know. You have to work hard and and make something that people are gonna wanna watch. And I think live performance helps with that, to be honest. Mm-hmm. I think getting on your feet and showing people, you know, what you're doing and getting that 
audience reaction helps you gauge what is good and grow as a performer. Yeah. yeah. And it's, it's yeah, to be in front of actual people. And then yeah. you, you can take it and, and go somewhere else and make you probably stronger, better yeah. performer. We were talking about this idea of like community a minute ago. And I think it's both, you know, community with your peers of people you're working with who like you want to lift them up as much as like you, like you're all coming up together. And then we have community with like fans and people who are supporting your work and enjoy your work. But what has been your experience with fans in the live setting versus like fandom on a place like YouTube where it could just reach so many people and then you have people in the comments and do you feel like there was a community in that aspect? You know, people that come out to see a show, you give them a hug, people, you know, you tell stories after the show, you're, yeah. you know, it's a much more personal experience. Online, you're happy that people are excited. You're like, oh, you know, this person, you know, I have no idea who this is. I'm, you know, they're, they appreciate my work. This feels good to be acknowledged, but, um, it's also, you know, you get other weird comments or, you know, (laughs) things that you're like, you have to kind of understand that, you know, it's a different type of interaction that are always going to be different online typing, you know, something as a stranger or not in the room with you, as opposed to looking you in the eyes and saying, something it's it's also just wild like um, you're saying this and i'm like i feel like we're talking about hate comments of people on the internet who think they can just say the most outrageous things because they're behind a screen and like no one probably no one would say that to like your face in real life there's that that's probably the extreme end of the spectrum and then you have the more passive aggressive like um fandoms of like where it gets like you need to do this or you know <laughs> they have, um, yeah they think they know your career better than you obviously a fan they like what i'm doing but it's funny there's a a weird kind of you know liberty that people take where it's like i'm a fan and i'm going to tell you now how you need to yeah <laughs> yeah you know do things and you know just as an artist every artist are just like, yeah it's internet heckling <laughs> Like, artists are sensitive so you have to protect yourself in a lot of ways you know yeah take it with a grain of salt and be like hey anyone that's interested this is you know this is a good thing so yeah you know, just and, and kind of yeah take it with a grain of salt and so in starting your career doing shows in the lower east side east village and then going to YouTube, going to Bob's Burgers, and now making music. Like, how has your idea of what success and fame is changed over all of this time? Well, uh, I feel successful, that's for sure. I mean, Bob's amazing. the best jobs in Hollywood in terms of under-the-radar, great family vibes, being able to grow Mm -hmm. as an artist on a show with all these support of the writers. And Lauren's such a beautiful showrunner, such a nice guy. And, you know, it's it's really... um, you know, we laugh a lot. It's a great job. So um, probably when I was younger and, and like, you know, thinking of fame growing up, like um, so different than what I would ever, you know, it's it's just different now. But um, I think fame is a whole other thing. I think making good art that people connect with and that make people happy is probably a lot healthier than yeah. just everyone knowing, you know, every little thing about you or every stupid thought that comes into your head. You know, I think like probably like Sade, you know, the artist Sade, she's awesome because she makes great work and then she kind of goes to her life and, and then creates and then comes back, you know, you don't really know much about, you know, it's like, that's pretty cool. You know, I think you're going to, it's, it's fame is probably pretty addictive for a lot of people. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, definitely. It's wild. It's wild. I think this is interesting. You know, the idea of showbiz and the music industry and and all of this is has definitely changed a lot. Also, in the course of like from the early two thousands into now, and you know, we're talking about the idea of fame, the idea of success. I think you know, your idea of success in two thousand is so completely different than what's even possible now that it's kind of interesting how these things evolve and change. I think for artists, as you're kind of talking, like the most important thing is being able to connect with people, and like part of the artist's job is like being vulnerable and, and emoting and being entertaining and you know being all these things that like your average person doesn't always have to think about and consider and I'm curious for you like how mental health comes into this conversation because the conversation around mental health has changed a lot in the last five to ten years and like with this being such a demanding industry and also just in general with mental health being so stigmatized like especially for men like what is your experience with that been? well it's a couple questions but like in terms of the music industry and being in the mu- music industry and mental health and what I imagine, because I'm very lucky to have Bob's, I have really good income, but I imagine a lot of musicians and people in this industry are struggling more than ever because Spotify and all these streaming places take all the money from everybody. And their only way is get merch and touring. And, you know, I think that, that in terms of mental health, that's, from what I'm seeing with a lot of people that don't have the income that I yeah. have is that it's stressful and it's taking away a lot from that. And I think, I think a society as a whole needs to pay people for their music yeah. and it's not a free thing anymore. Like SAG after just went through the strike and right. you know, be rotten that after a pandemic, these people are trying to take more money yeah. than they already from the people that are actually working and making the art. And I think it's pretty gross. So, you know, it's upsetting to me in terms of mental health. Of course, there's a connection to how much money you're able to bring in through your art and how the stress of all this is affecting. And, you know, I I, I don't like it. I don't like all these streaming services, to be honest. I think it's care about my Spotify wrapped. And, um, you know, (laughs) I, I, I think it really sucks. I think I, I wish union you know there would be a union for musicians that we, could get <laughs> we were talking yeah. about this yeah. i think young people out there should do this because yeah. you know to secure your future and you know screw these people that are you know, taking advantage of artists and, and treating us like we're content and products and stuff yeah i mean these talent corporate you know people yeah you know it's not okay yeah so it's good to stop and you know you you and then I think your mental health will be better, actually. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like people need to be able to stand up for themselves without the fear of retaliation. Yeah. And find other avenues to make that income and yeah. cut these people out, like the same way they cut all everyone else out. Yeah. Because, like, I mean, we've, we've seen the music industry shift and change. And in some ways it's become more capitalistic. And in other ways, we've seen people figure out those ways to, like, be successful and like not have to deal with like fame in like the way that like Beyonce or Taylor Swift is famous. Like they can just like be musicians and that's their lives. So it is like quite cool to see how we have in some, some little bubbles, like figured out ways for like independent artists to do that as their lives. Yeah. And just in general, like musicians used to make more money with their music, you know, vinyl, whatever there were physical copies. And then, you know, you look at these streaming numbers, you have like a million streams. It's like, here's $2, you know, yeah. that's, not okay. <laughs> that's really not cool. Yeah. And yeah. It, I did it, you know, Prince Metallica, whatever. They were warning everybody, 
And now it's turned into this, you know, and it's a bummer. Yeah. Yeah, So switching gears a little bit, your single Danger came out earlier this year and had a really great music video to accompany it that won some awards. What was it like for you being able to incorporate comedy into your music? That was really, I was like, you know, I got to incorporate some comedy into my music (laughs) (laughs) because I got to connect the dots here. And people are like, you know, you, you don't, you know, no one wants to see you take yourself too seriously. And I definitely never take myself yeah. seriously, but I guess in music, you could fall into that trap. Right. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I'm just filling out the music video kind of stuff. So I did some animation stuff and, you know, I did something that was really LGBTQ and, you know, um, I kind of got that out of my system because, you know, I'm just a little bit older now. And by the time you get to do the thing that you were thinking of, it's like 10 years later and you're like, oh, no, I'm not a person anymore. You know, it takes a while to figure it out visually yeah. and work with directors and, and things. And yeah, it, it's, uh, I think I'm at a place where uh, it's more comfortable and comedy and Knight Rider is such a funny show to me. Mm-hmm. Like I just yeah. watch as you know, sometimes I'll put it on during, you know, on like a Sunday and just laugh, uh, you know, so 80s and funny and, you know, like a cheesy kind of fun, you know, fun way. So uh, it seemed like a natural fit for that song. And I got the kit car from Knight Rider in LA. So we went and filmed it and uh, it was like this big day in Malibu. And <laughs> it was fun just driving around, you know, the Knight Rider car. Yeah, you know? yeah, that's awesome. It looked like it was very fun to film. Oh, yeah. You're also not self-conscious and feeling like, you know, you have to be, you know, something that you're not. So, yeah. you know, I guess, yeah, just finding the right fit where you're comfortable. Yeah, yeah definitely. And so just for a fun little wrap-up question that we like to ask everybody, the ethos of Name Three Songs is that we like to empower fangirls. We think it's really important to be a critical consumer of what you love, but also celebrate the things you love unapologetically. So, John, what are you a fangirl of? Oh, wow. Well, there's so much. Like, what's my top greatest of all times? Um, like Whitney Houston, Janet Jackson. I'm a big Janet <laughs> Jackson fan. I love old horror movies, oh, nice. black and white stuff, like old Dracula, Frankenstein, Bride of Frankenstein. By the way, the first horror movie was written by a woman, Mary Shelley, yes. Frankenstein. And I'm a fan of muscle cars. I'm like Gay Leno, like Jay Leno. <laughs> um, <laughs> now I'm a fan of like philanthropy. Yeah, I'm a fan oh, nice. of any that helps other people and devotes their life to, yeah, like uh, helping people out. That's, that's awesome. That's, yeah. That's great. And dogs. I'm a fan of dogs. <laughs> I, love dogs. I love their cool little noses and their stinky little kisses. <laughs> And that's a great note to end on. Thank you for joining us today, John. Well, thank you guys. And everyone get out there and vote. Women's rights and all that. It's very obviously important. Appreciate all you guys do. And uh, thanks for having me. I like that he is so passionate about wanting musicians to be able to like change the music industry for themselves because we talk about this on the podcast a lot but the music industry kind of is a capitalistic wasteland really where artists are a lot of times become cogs in a machine and get lost to it and they're the ones creating the art they're the ones making the money for everybody so there should be more access to the <laughs> the capital gains for artists i think and 
I completely get what he was saying in regards to the fact that like that could really mess with someone's mental health that could already be messed with. It is interesting because he's had such a career in other aspects of doing comedy and doing voice acting. And now like music is something he's always wanted to explore and is finally having the having the opportunity to do so. So I think the real lesson here is never give up on your dreams. Truly. And I think also it was really cool seeing the parallels that he was creating between doing comedy and making music, because I feel like I always think of comedy as something that's a little bit silly, goofy and like not that serious. But at the end of the day, it's like you visit a Netflix stand up special in the same way you could visit music, which is like to feel a certain set of emotions and to kind of let go of whatever you're actually feeling in real life. Very true. So thanks for getting candid with us and John Roberts. This has been Sarah and Jenna from Name Three Songs. And if you want to listen to this again, it will be on our podcast feed this Sunday. And to get your pop culture fix, you can listen to new episodes of Name Three Songs podcast every Wednesday. That's name the number three songs on all podcast platforms. Today, we're leaving you off with a taste of next week's guest. This is Saran and his new single, Diamond.